I'm Samantha Bove, and this is She's Too Much. This show is for the woman who's been told that she dreams too much, talks too much, cares too much, thinks too much, feels too much, needs too much. And I say it's about damn time that we are even more. Because that thing you think makes you too much is the exact thing the world needs more of. This is the podcast episode that I wish I had when I separated from my ex and started dating for the first time in five years and really for the first time started to consciously date and see my single period of my life as a sacred time, as a powerful time. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the six male archetypes that you will likely encounter some amazing, some hilarious, some who are there to just shake your world up, some who are there to see that your standards needs to be raised. And these are all the men that you will meet before you meet your king. The six male archetypes on your journey to love include the lost one, the young king, the wanderer, the knight, the joker, her king, and then ultimately my king. So each of these archetypes are going to play an important role in revealing to you exactly where you are in your journey to calling in your king. Each of these men are going to give you a precious gift. And that's how I want you to see all of these different experiences that you're having. Each of these men possess a very, very, very precious insight, a sight inside of you for you to see who you really are, what standards you hold for yourself what love you're asking to experience, what hardships you find noble to commit to and stay with certain partners and which ones you've just outgrown. These archetypes are not linear. Men do not graduate from one stage to the next stage. And there's ultimately no timeline for how long a man stays at each one of these stages and embodies each of these archetypes. Some men skip stages staying stages forever and others will return back to old stages and old archetypes years after they've ascended now no i am using men i am using king that is because my journey has been primarily a heterosexual journey and this is the language that i choose and so if it feels good for you amazing if it doesn't replace it swap it out so i really do believe that an essential role in calling in your king is alchemizing the experiences that you have had with the men that you have dated thus far and consciously closing the door to any men who you know in your heart are not your king. So if you are in a relationship right now where you are starting to feel like, I know this is not my person, keep listening. If you have just left someone and you are in your period of sacred singleness, this is also for you. If you've been in a period where you're really trying to call in your person, your king, and you feel like you're doing the work to embody what it means to you to really be a queen and you're feeling frustrated and you're feeling that longing, this is also for you. So through this process of closing doors and also 
thanking all of the men in your life up until this point for the role that they've played, you are going to set a new standard for yourself, a divine standard, a standard that really only a true king can meet and raise even higher. So before we dive into the seven archetypes, and I think I said six, but there's actually seven if you're including your king, which is my king, I want to share a declaration with you. And so this is the declaration that I set when I casted my love spell. And my love spell included a long list of over 70 qualities that my king would possess. And my partner now is every single one of those things on that list. I'll do a separate episode on the love spell. But part of the love spell was what we're doing today, which is really painting a clear picture of your love story of all of these different men that you've engaged with that have brought you really precious gifts. And it included this declaration. So open up your heart and also note that when you hear this, I talk about God a lot. And I want to just define that real quick for people who may have some hesitation to the word. So there are infinite names for God, source, creator, the divine, love. God to me is just infinite love. I actually see her as a feminine. And I refer to God throughout this episode because that word feels good for me to describe the great big light of love. And I encourage you to use any word that feels really true to you and just leads you back to love. Okay, so for our love declaration, before we get into the archetypes, I declared when I became single that the next man that I would give my heart to would be my king. He would be ready to receive the depths of my love fully. He would have done the work. He would have wandered through the lost lands and come out the other side with God on his side. I declared that he had the experiences with other women already who helped soften him, strengthen him, tested his boundaries, and even betrayed him. I blessed all of those women in his past as I knew that the love that they gave to him and withheld from him would make him perfectly prepared to meet me and recognize me as his queen. I declared that I would not be the woman in another lost man's stories I put in my time, I sacrificed, I learned patience when I was with men who were not ready to be a king. And I was ready to be held, to be loved, to be seen as the queen that I am and worshipped in a way that only someone led by the power of love could worship me. And I really encourage you to make this declaration now that you will meet your king, a king who is ready to lead you. And this is a very powerful declaration because in it, you are also declaring that you, queen, are ready to be led that you are ready for the responsibility required to hold the love of a true king and to worship him fully and to allow yourself to be worshipped fully. So if you are ready to enter this sacred union with an open heart and full surrender, I welcome you. The seven male archetypes. So these were channeled through me this weekend. I'm still in Ecuador and I'm finding this a very, very potent time. And so I'm so happy that you're here to listen and so grateful because you're part of me channeling this wisdom that I do think is very, very deep and very, very important on all of our journeys. So archetype number one is, of course, the ultimate, my king. 
So this is a king how I define it at this point in my journey of love. Your definition may be entirely different or very much the same, and it's up to you to get really clear on what qualities your king has, because my king is my king, and it's a man that I believe is perfectly suited for me and I for him. So a king is a clear channel who communes with God, love, in every moment. A king has a clear set of rules and standards for himself that govern his kingdom, his life, and it provides peace and harmony to everyone who comes in his field. He is not rigid with these rules and changes them in the name of love if needed and only if necessary. He takes pride in everything he does. He respects the natural process of timing of all things and of nature. A king is a dependable man whose word has roots, a word so strong and stable that a queen can build her entire life on it. A king knows that the ultimate freedom he will find in this lifetime is not through having more, more money, more toys, more power, more vices, more women. He also knows that the ultimate freedom he will find is not through having less, less responsibility, less obligation, less people depending on him. A king knows that devoting his life to love is the ultimate freedom. And to quote my king a week after our first date, he said, love is freedom. Love is the gatekeeper to everything I've ever wanted, all the traveling, all the joy, all the abundance, all the wealth. It's not a cage, it's the key. A king reveres the feminine. He trusts that she is the vision holder, there to use her mystical powers and intuitive gifts to commune with the Divine Mother and bring beauty and sacred chaos and magic to their joint kingdom, a place that I will call heaven on earth or paradise, the union. A king understands that without the deep respect and devotion of his queen, he has no kingdom to lead and to protect. And so the visual I see when I think of my future with my man is that I cast a spell, let's say a spell for our home. It's a spell filled with acres of land and oak trees and animals and gardens and babies and friends and music and art and sex and dancing and nature. And my king says, okay, I will help create this paradise where you can create and express and rest and enjoy yourself and make beauty. He sets out one step ahead of me, cutting down all of these metaphorical trees and clears the land for us to build our heaven on earth together. And this is how my partner has shown up for me every single day since we've met. I recently shared about two weeks ago that I saw a vision for us in meditation for us traveling to a place together where we're living in the jungle and we're walking to town barefoot and we're surfing in the afternoons and we're you know, making love with sandy feet and eating fruit that we've never even heard of. And 10 minutes later, literally, he was on Airbnb, searching for the perfect place, checking flights, coordinating dates. And now I'm here talking to you. It's a rainy Sunday afternoon. We spent the morning making pancakes and just making love out of our lives and laying on the beach and laughing and singing. And I casted that vision and he made it happen. And with our union, I really feel like the world has expanded to possibilities and potentials that only could have made, been made available to us through our devotion to one another and our ultimate devotion to love. And so there was very clear signs for me when I met my king, and I call them peace signs. I will do a whole other episode on that because that's a whole episode in itself. But that is archetype number one, my king. Archetype number two, and all of the men that you may date, may, date, may date before you meet your king is the lost one. 
So I feel very fortunate to have been raised by a king in this lifetime by the name of Vinnie Bove. And being raised by him, it made me really acutely aware of what king energy was when I saw it. And I knew that my dad was not like other dads that I saw. And I didn't have this language now, but it's because he was a king. He was a man of respect. He held himself to impeccably high standards. He recognized the power of the feminine and he really honored it by creating a home where my sister and I were really free to express ourselves and really be our most authentic selves. But just because I was raised by a king does not mean that all the men in my past have been true kings and definitely not my king. So I entered a five-year soul contract with a man who I thought could be a king, only to realize that the king that I saw in him was an illusion of a scared man, not a sacred one. Scared men are very skilled at projecting king-like qualities. And as a woman journeys to becoming a queen, she will begin to see the true nature of all men. It took me five years to develop this skill and to realize that the true nature of the man who I was living with and engaged to was just a scared man. He was a lost one. And when I finally felt strong enough and brave enough and powerful enough, I tuned into his future path which I believe is an ability that we all have to do and I have available to us, especially women who are connected with their feminine essence. And I recorded a whole episode on path play and on clairvoyance on the episode before this. So after this hopped back in. And so as I started to hone my intuitive and psychic gifts, I tuned into his path. And I saw with certainty that he would never actualize into royalty. And fear was just holding him back as it does to so many men and fear of his true power that resided from within him. And so I call these men the lost ones. And you've met these men before. You may be dating one now or have recently left one. And they seem very stoic. They seem self-assured. They have a seriousness about them that says, I have no room to be questioned. I know where I'm going. And they have a very concrete exterior, but it's protecting a very shallow well of insecurities. And these men have looked at other men in their life and have really, they've done their best to try to steal the shiny qualities and reject the unholy ones, but they're just left with a disjointed sense of self. And they're trying to find their voice and their soul in a mix of teachers or rappers or coaches or uncles and fathers who never really quite fit and filled the role of a role model. And because the thing that they were looking for was God, was the divine father, it could have never been found out there through other men or through other experiences because it resides in the heart. And so the lost ones, they keep looking to other soul drifters for the answers. And often they're led to vices and addictions like weed and porn and Adderall and pills and cocaine and obsessions with work and money and consumption and sex and isolation and dissociation. And the only thing that is very clear in their energy field is that they have no clear direction at all and they have no clear sense of self. As much as they may try to project one, they don't. And the lost ones, they get really loud when they think they found clarity. Like, I will get this and I'm going to make it mine. But what they are really looking for is a path home. And they've forgotten that home was inside of them all along. 
So many kings experience a phase of being the lost one themselves, and they graduate from this stage with success and with honor, but other ones roam the lost lands forever. And leaving a lost one, breaking up, is a really challenging task because they have convinced themselves so greatly that they are the ones who have been keeping you safe. And when someone is so good at convincing themselves of a false reality, they possess a very strong and dark magic that can influence even the most self-assured women. And I was influenced, and I promise you, Queen, you have been the one keeping you safe all along. And it's really time to feel like uh, the freedom that it is to be held by a king who really does have himself, who really does know the truth of his own nature. And so like every archetype, I believe that all lost ones' ultimate destiny is to ascend to a king, but I do not believe that every single man will actualize into a king in this lifetime. And it's ultimately up to you how long you want to be a part of a lost one's journey. And if you choose to stay, as I did for many years and stand by his side, understand that that's also a, a noble path. It's one that teaches a woman so much patience and faith and compassion and self-reliance. And these are all qualities that really do make a queen a queen. And I also know that there's a woman listening to this who no longer feels that her role is to tend to a lost one, but rather feels called to direct, to redirect that sacred attention and energy to herself, to you. So through that process of channeling that love back to you, you will prepare yourself to meet your true love. And this is the place where I arrived when I consciously chose to leave the lost one in my journey. Archetype number three, young kings. So a young king can fool you and he's not yet a king, but he is on the path and he will dip in and out of different archetypes, but his heart is determined to ascend and you can see that determination in his eyes. And it will take years though for him to get there, probably decades, for him to really meet himself in his true divine nature. And young kings can spot a queen very well, so know this. And he will crave to stand in your light for as long as you will let him, and he will hope that your presence will speed up his own evolution. And unfortunately, though, the time that you spend with a young king will only steal a queen's light rather than expand it. And I have a really fond memory of a young king and he knew what stage he was in and he warned me, you do not deserve this. You are a queen. And I'm really grateful for his level of self-awareness to know that he had a queen in his presence and cared enough to warn me to protect myself from the illusions that he would keep projecting as long as I stayed around. And he knew that the woman involved with him at this stage of his life would be deeply hurt and bruised and ultimately battered. And he knew that I wouldn't tolerate it. And yet I convinced myself for a short time that I would. And I said that I would really in the name of just having fun. And we only met a few times, but when we did, it really was like this childlike magic and laughter and innocence. And the passion was really as unfiltered as all of the tobacco rolled cigarettes that he <laughs> had on hand at all times. And you know, I was seen by this man and it felt really intoxicating, especially coming from the lost one who was completely blind to my divinity. 
And that's the job of a young king. It's to see you, but not to hold you. Their ground is way too unstable to nurture your spirit. And in fact, their job is actually to shake it, to shake you and to wake you. And society refers to this internal rumble as butterflies. And I really call it an intoxicating warning sign that this is not your king. I would wake up when I was interacting with the young king and think like, will he text me today? Will he call? And throughout the day, I would wonder like, could this actually be something real? Like there's so much potential here, all while knowing that the question itself was the only answer I needed. Because true kings, your king, my king will never confuse. They only make clear. They never cause queens to question themselves. But just like the lost ones, if you choose to stand by the young king's side, it can be a noble path for you. But my hope for you is that if you do choose to stay, that when he does finally ascend to a king, you let the past stay in the past. Because when that man, that young king, finally becomes a king, it is really common for a queen to resent him for dragging you through the mud with him on his journey to ascension. And for me, my declaration reminded me that even though I liked this man, this young king who saw a queen in me, timing was a crucial part of this and he was not ready and I was not willing to wait. I was ready to meet my king. Archetype number four, the wanderer. So like the lost one, there is no clear aim or direction of the wanderer. But the distinction between the two is really important because a wanderer is on an intentional journey to find themselves through travel and art and the shallow thrill of newness whereas the lost ones roam the lands of addiction and power. So the wanderer walks the path that influencer culture has told them is the ultimate path of freedom, non-attachment. These are the van lifers and the wave chasers and the digital nomads, and they're on a quest to cut ties as quickly as they give themselves the right to change their mind at any moment. And to women, they appear mysterious and can evoke a really insatiable curiosity and lust due to their unattainable charm. Their liberation from responsibility is inviting, yet it still evokes the feminine warning sign, the butterflies that sing, this is unsafe. There are no roots here, just a trail of barefoot steps leading to the next mystery. These are the men that you meet in your travels that you fall madly in love with for a night knowing that they would never give their heart to you because they believe that freedom exists outside in the unknown when the ultimate freedom could be lying right there in their arms. But the wanderer does not know this truth yet for that truth of love is reserved for a king. So you may roam with the wanderer for a time enjoying the thrill and awe of chasing on thrill until one day this man may say, I'm ready to take you home. Or he may continue to drift. And so it's really up to you. Are you willing to wait? And that's for you to decide. Archetype number five, the knight. The knight is one of the most abundant archetypes of modern society. If you just walk down the street of any big city, you will see them, the bounty of them on their mission. They are the nine to nine workaholic corporate ladder climbers on a mission to find freedom and purpose through one thing, money. They are the tech and finance bros, the lawyers, and the investment banker types. They bought the bill of lies that they were sold to them by school and the media that said, if you work hard enough, long enough, and fast enough, you will attract the woman, the car, the house, and the life of your dreams. But what life left out 
was that five to 10 years into this path, most knights will lose the most important quality they need in order to ascend into becoming a king. And that is their ability to lead. When knights are told day in and day out how to live their life from their boss rather than from their God, from their heart, they lose their connection to self altogether because they never actually gave them a chance to find it. What they truly desire, how they want to live and creatively express themselves and contribute to the world becoming a better place, all of those things become these ethereal concepts that are reserved for van life freaks and struggling artists, not powerful men who are serious about making money. Values crumble in the name of a steady paycheck for a night. And if you look closely, knights often have their vices too. Alcohol, sex, cheating, Adderall, weed, porn, TV, so on. Something, anything to give them a false sense of power, of control that they are leading. Knights typically need a wake-up call in order to break out of this very widely accepted prison. And they'll get it if their wives leave or an addiction spins too far out or maybe a health issue that results in needing to take time and space from work. And sometimes a knight wakes up when he has achieved every single thing he's ever wanted and realizes that those things that were supposed to bring him joy, the fancy apartment downtown, the money, the car, every one of those things has only led to this feeling of emptiness because he hasn't actually asked himself once what he really wants. Archetype number six, the Joker. The Joker has one sole purpose, to shake shit up and to wake you up. He is a giant question mark, a walking contradiction, a shapeshifter. He is the comedic love bomber. He is popping up in your story just at the time when you need both a laugh and a slap in the face. He seems to really be like a figment of your imagination. And there's a simple adorable perfection about him the way he meets your needs either sexually spiritually or emotionally never all three and never all at once and there is nothing wrong with the joker but there is nothing right either and friends may ask you so what's going on with the joker can you see a future with him and you just laugh because a future with the joker is like as unimaginable as a life without the pursuit of love but you'll call him (laughs) when you're lonely and you need a sexual sigh of relief, or you need your TV mounted. And he's always there, ready for the show. He's like this person at your door, a little rabbit ready for the task, and he's just full of energy, and he's there. And after engaging with the Joker for some time, you realize that his true purpose was all along just to be a joke, a conduit for amusement and distraction and laughter. And He brings you some light at a time when you need it. And that light will allow you to see that you're ready for something a little more serious and a whole lot more sacred. And jokers typically have a pretty short shelf life because while queens do like to laugh, they much prefer building towards a future that is real. Archetype number seven, her king, the king who wasn't mine. So there are men that you will meet that are already kings and they know themselves. They are led by God, by love. These are the on paper, he's perfect men. They recognize you as a queen and you feel at ease in their presence, yet a part of you doesn't trust. There's a part of you that refuses to surrender, a part that holds back, protects and questions. Do they really like me? 
when what you're really asking is, do I really like them? You are both playing this game, waiting for the other to make the first move, but you never do. You ask yourself if it's because you don't have the courage to give over your heart, but you know that that's not true because you're a love warrior. You don't shy away from love because you are love, and you know this. You know that deep inside that this king is not yours, and that is why you will never fully surrender to him. And I remember the first king that I met and dated, and I questioned for a year why I wouldn't give my heart to him. And he made it clear he was interested in tending to it. And I would try to tune into our future, to our joint path, and get a clear vision of us, yet I could never see beyond more than the following weekend. And then I would try to picture him at the end of the aisle on our wedding day or looking into his eyes that I, as I had my first child and my mind would just go completely blank. And then I wondered if I could see him playing that role at all. I'm like, huh, maybe that's just not his path. Let me try to tune in and see if I could see him playing that masculine role in someone else's story, just not mine. And so I visualized him with someone else and immediately I felt this sense of peace and an ache and a sadness in my stomach and I realized oh he's not my king he's her king I don't know her but I know that he is hers and I recognize that my part in his life right now is to be the one before her and that his role in my life right now is to be the one before I met him and when you're finally ready to cut ties with her king and allow both of you to be free and I mean for good this time it's a great sign that your king is close because oftentimes the hardest no comes before the easiest yes of your life so those are the seven male archetypes that you will experience and those six on the road to meeting your king and so what I would love for you to do now is take some time to see who fits in this story, um, what you're ready to call in, the qualities of your king, and to give thanks. Send so many blessings to the men of your past. And they are really oftentimes the ones who will finally make you say, I am ready for something real. I am ready to call in my king. So if you are in this season of life where you are calling in love and you are calling in money, I want you to send me a DM called Love and Money. I'm putting together a really intimate group of women who have the highest of intention to use and fully step into their feminine essence, to their queen energy, to call in love and money. So if you are in a sacred single period of life where you are also creating from this space, send me the dm love and money and i'll tell you more about the invitation about the group that i'm putting together to channel your feminine energy to become a magnet for love and for wealth so many blessings to all of you queens out there and i will see you next week as always if you like this episode please take a moment dm me share it post it on instagram and leave a review on apple podcast i would appreciate it with all my heart and love